Welcome to Life Transformation Radio. This show is all about life transformations and our journey from where we were to why we are doing what we are doing today. We will discuss the hiccups, the roller coasters, and the blood, sweat, and tears that has been poured out while discovering our purpose. It is all about our transformation. Here is your host, Sean Douglas. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening from wherever you're listening from. Welcome to Life Transformation Radio. I hope you had an amazing new year, and this is to January 2nd of 2020, and I am so happy for you to be listening to the show. I am your host, Master Resilience Implementer, TEDx Speaker, Business Positioning Strategist, and International Best-Selling Author, Sean Douglas. This show is currently heard in over 74 countries, so whether it's your first time joining us or you've been listening to us for some time, I want to thank you to those who are listening from around the world. Life Transformation Radio is all about our transformation. Here, we tell the stories of why we're doing what we're doing. We highlight that transformational moment that changed our lives and how we use it to then transform others and elevate their lives as well. You can listen to us live right here on the Blog Talk Radio Network, Tuesday through Friday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Join us in our Facebook group for the show, Life Transformation Radio Community. You can interact with the guests and myself, uh, ask any questions, and have another dialogue about the topics that we cover on the show. I also ask that you subscribe, rate, and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, Life Transformation Radio can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, TuneIn, Player FM, Radio Public, Overcast, CastBox, Himalaya app, the Google Play Music app, and now we are available on Pandora. On the show, my guests are entrepreneurs, speakers, business owners, coaches, podcasters, authors, amazing human beings that are impacting the world around the music for transformational moments. And my guest today has done exactly that. If you have any questions for any of the guests that I bring on the show during our live broadcast, Tuesday through Friday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, join us at 657-383-1109. Again, the number is 657-383-1109. And with that, please help me welcome Joe, my guest and friend for today, Tim Cooper. Tim, my friend, welcome to Life Transformation Radio. Thanks, Sean. It's an absolute pleasure and honor to be here. I'm really, really excited to uh, have a chat with you today. I'm honored to have you on the show. You are doing amazing, amazing work in the online marketing space with digital summits, virtual summits, and things of that sort. Uh, Where are you calling in from? I'm coming in from the beautiful, sunny Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. So if anybody's ever heard of a place called Surface Paradise... That's in my city. I'm a little bit south of that. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's currently summer here, and I was actually running the air conditioning just before we started this, uh, this interview. So it's a bit warm. And everybody in the upper part of the United States and in Canada um, doesn't like you. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is very cold. <laughs> oh, man. I, you know, it blew me away. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe because people are naive or just don't even realize. But I had no idea that it is the complete opposite 
in Australia. I figured the whole world got cold the same. Christmas was at the same time. You know, like I could never imagine Christmas in shorts surfing. Like I just, I couldn't, mm. I just, I couldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Like our Christmas lunch is, uh, is very, very um, different. So it's, 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 it's like no cold, cold prawns or cold shrimp, no cold cuts. Uh, we right. don't, we don't have a, have a hot Christmas lunch here. You know, when you hear Christmas songs, I'm sure that, that you do the same things. You know, you get a tree and, you know, all that stuff. Right? I mean, the festivities are all the same. Um, but, you know, I can just imagine if it was me, because this is the way I've grown up. If I took a vacation for Christmas in Australia, you know, um, the song, like, it, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> so true. Oh, the so weather outside is frightful. <laughs> we actually have something here in Australia called Christmas in July, because obviously that's uh, our that's our winter. But I live yeah. in the subtropics, so it doesn't get that cold anyway. Like you know, it might get down to, and of course we're talking Celsius, so it, it might get down to single figures. But because I know where know where I live, I, I live close to the ocean. I can actually see the ocean from my balcony, and um, so it doesn't it doesn't get as cold as you know North America, Canada. So I don't see snow any time of the year and, and basically we say we've, we've only got really two no two climates we don't we don't see that beautiful transition through fall or autumn no, no when no when all the leaves change colors and, and we just don't right. we just don't see those those stark contrasts in most of in some parts of australia we do because some parts of australia do get quite cold but but sure. where i am we basically have summer so it's hot and a little bit cooler you know, <laughs> <laughs> so your <laughs> so your your seasons are hot and not so hot. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, oh man, my dream is to go to Australia. I really, my dream is to speak in Australia. I've always wanted to go there. Not a fan of the spiders. I hear there's a lot of big, huge spiders. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of spiders. But other than that, I would love to take my wife and kids. Out to Australia, I think it would be absolutely amazing. I don't know how they would do with a 22-hour flight, um, but I just think it would be absolutely phenomenal, um, you know, just to go to Australia. So, so that's in the cards. That's that's part of my 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 dream stage, if you will. Uh, so I'm excited to have you on the show, and uh, the topic of the show is science of marketing and social psychology with marketing consultant Tim Cooper. Business and marketing consultant, digital marketer, copywriter, author, and coach, Tim Cooper is a business and marketing strategist and a wellness industry specialist. Prior to commencing natural health studies in 1999, Tim worked as a software design engineer and business analyst for over 20 years. In 2013, Tim completed his first marketing course and fell in love with the science of marketing and social psychology. Tim is the founder and co-host of the Global Wellness Professionals Marketing Summit and co-founder of the Work Freedom Summit. Tim brings a unique blend of industry, technical, and business knowledge to his coaching clients and students as he helps them gain clarity in their business while unleashing their inner greatness. His link right there in the show notes, timcooper.com.au forward slash clarity will take you to a free gift and a link that he has for everybody to check out today. It is Tim Cooper, C-O-O-P-R, timcooper.com 
au forward slash clarity. His Facebook and LinkedIn is right there in the show notes. I recommend you connect with him and send him a message. Let him know that you heard his episode of Life Transformation Radio. Tim, the question I have to ask, and I ask every guest question because it is the most sought after reason uh, people are doing something, and it's their why. So for mm-hmm. you, why do you do what you do? Well, Sean, you know, I'm passionate about natural health. Uh, like I said, after sort of leaving the the computer industry with a bit of taste in my mouth, and we can talk about that later because that's probably a part of my transition. But uh, I started to study uh, all sorts. I studied herbalism and and remedial massage and aromatherapy and aromatic medicine. And I, I just, I have a love for the natural approach to, you know, to health and wellness. And uh, I worked for 10 years in elite sport and I came out of, of, of that industry and, and, and came, came to my own business. And I struggled initially uh, until I sort of changed a mindset and, and gained some skills. And, and what I've found is that especially when it came to the wellness industry, that there's this, there's this, this major disconnect in this inner, this inner struggle with, with you know, massage therapists and acupuncturists and people who work there that they're healers. And they've got this, 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 uh, this struggle inside about charging for their, you know, for their services. So they, it's, this, it's, this, this inner, it's in a turmoil that they come through. So, so my why is to help these amazing gifted uh, therapists and healers build solid businesses so that they can actually help people because as we know if you know if if you're broke and you go out of business you can't help anybody and if we want to see the natural health industry grow then we want to make those we, we want to help those people see their worth see their value and give them the tools they need to build. So, so my why is 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 twofold. Firstly, I want to see the wellness industry become the norm instead of the sickness industry, instead of the pharmaceutical side of things. I want to see people turning more towards healthy ways of living before turning to you know, to, to, to drugs, and then secondly, right. to actually help the people within that industry thrive. I love it. That's that's amazing. Uh, there's a lot of emphasis on other uh, vices and other chemicals, I guess, if you will, rather than promoting, you know, good health, because that goes mm. against tobacco um, companies. It goes against alcohol um, manufacturers. It goes against, you know, cigars and, you know, partying and, you know, uh, the woo-woo stuff, the meditations, that wasn't even talked about, you know, 10, mm. 20 years ago. Mm. But here we are in 2020 talking about meditation and mindfulness practices. We're talking about meal planning. We're talking about getting fit. We're talking, I just saw something, uh, I saw a, a news article uh, sometime between the 30th and yesterday uh, talking about in 2030, they project if humans stay on the same path that one out of three or one out of four p 
people will be obese in their household. Mm. That is insane. Mm. That is just crazy. I can't even imagine that. Yeah, and it, it's a, it's a worldwide epidemic. Um, I know, and I and I suppose look, I don't really, I'm I'm far from being a conspiracy theorist. I just I just call things as it is. And yeah, even here in Australia, we've got the TGA, which is equivalent to your FDA, and uh, they have really gagged natural health and natural health professionals. Like even in Australia, like there seems to be a bit of a a witch hunt, which happened like I don't think it's as bad in the states as but you guys went through that sort of um really really crazy like they always like the pendulum always swings too far from one side to the other it, yep. it, there is never a really good balance and so now Australia is going through that same witch hunt type thing where um they the only the only natural modality that you can actually claim on your health insurance for is remedial massage because they can see that as, as, as being a, a, a aligned with conventional medicine. Um, but right. all those, so, so all the you know, naturopathy and, and uh, kinesiology and all those other modalities where before people could actually claim on their health insurance, that's all gone. And uh, people and, and even natural health providers can't speak openly about what they can do for people because then they say, no, you're making claims. And we all know that that's universal. Same thing with the FDA, that, that the only people who can make claims are, are drug companies and doctors. Right. So it, that's part of the it's, issue. Uh, it's a huge issue. And, and I think uh, I used to work as the director of communications for a natural health college. And part of that, part of that role, as well as sort of teaching uh, dry needling and remedial massage techniques. I also taught the business and marketing components, but also part of my role was to to do their SEO and their 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 marketing side of things as well. And we actually noticed we were very lucky because we weren't big bloggers. And I think it was it was sometime in 2017. I forget the, the, the exact date, but but Google changed its algorithm. And what it did is that it, it, it it automatically demoted anything that was produced by uh, people who Google felt weren't didn't have enough authority, and so 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 sites like some of our competitor sites actually were demoted, and and, and we found ourselves you know, flying up the you know, the Google ranking, which was good for us. But it but but what but what we're finding is that even social media and search engines are burying. Uh, information that is alternative or contrary to what conventional medicine and the drug companies like to say, which yep. we've seen Facebook closing down uh, pages that are, that are based on, on alternative health. And what, what concerns me is that, you know, as I said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to cry conspiracy and that sort of stuff, but I just think it's hypocritical. And I, and I have a, I have a real issue that people should be able to make informed decisions. They should be able to go, they should be able to do their research, they should be able to find solid information that supports both sides of the equation. So find solid information on conventional medicine, find solid information on natural and alternative methods, and then make up their own mind based on you know, in, you know informed choice. And we're not getting that we're not getting that opportunity that you know this information is, is basically being buried by social media and the search engines. 
So it's actually, actually it's called EAT. Uh, I think it's called Education Authority and Trust or something like that. But it's, it, it's part of the Google algorithm, and it's, and it's very real. Wow. Yeah, I don't want to crack conspiracy theorists either, but, you know, coincidences are coincidences, I would think. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, mean, no, like, I mean, you know, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, I mean, yeah, right? Well, I mean, conspiracy conspiracies by nature are hidden and, uh, and, and open to conjecture. That's why they're called conspiracy theories. This is happening right out in the open. <laughs> so, yeah. so, there's, so there's no there's, there's no guesswork involved. It's it's no it's trackable. It's it's documented. We know what's happening. So it's not really a conspiracy. It's just um, people probably not having access to the rights and and the free speech to which they believe that they should have. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the whole time I'm I'm, I'm listening, I'm thinking about. Here in the United States, you know, how many times was something buried or was something, for example, uh, I know the supplement industry is about a billion dollar industry, if not more. I have friends that work at GNC. They'll tell you if we took everything off the shelf in our inventory and replaced it. Or if we just only took off the things on the shelves that are unproven or that somebody um, has come out with and did claims and didn't really have something to be started, there'd be maybe four products on the shelves. Like, what? Like, come on. And you do research, and it's unregulated. The supplement mm. industry is unregulated. Mm. And there's a big, 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 big conspiracy video out there where these guys get into the business and they're filling capsules with, with a blend. And they say that eh, it's got a little bit of protein. It's got a bit, it's got a little bit of whey protein. It's got a little bit of this. We didn't measure anything. We just put a bunch of stuff <laughs> together and mix it up and put it in these capsules. And I mean, it's good stuff. It's amino acids and proteins and stuff. I mean, there's, there's no way to tell how it's going to work, but you know, it, it's, it's safe stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're going to sell it and make a bunch of claims about it because it's unregulated. And the difference mm-hmm. between food that the FDA approves and the supplement industry is on the back of the containers, it says, um, you know how it says nutrition facts, F-A-C-T-S? Yep. Well, on the back of the supplement containers, it'll say supplement facts, F-A-Qs. Huh. It won't actually say facts. It's supplement F-A-Qs. It'll say whey protein, and this is in there, and this is in there, and this is in there. And then there's like proprietary blend, which means nothing. It's nothing just blended yet. together. You know? yes. So I, I totally understand what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And the, thing, the interesting thing too, Sean, is that it's, it's, it's interesting that you do bring up supplements because that's, that's one thing that the TGA here in Australia, and, and the, that's, the TGA stands for Thera- Therapeutic Goods association so so they're the same people they they play the same role here as the fda does in the states yeah. and they and they have recently targeted um supplement companies saying that, that that supplements are now the next the next the next uh great frontier for them to to go out and uh, and tackle and, and i agree i think you know we've got to be very very careful what we put in our in our bodies and some of the stuff that that the supplement companies put in because it isn't regulated 
uh, can be just downright dangerous. So, or, or, or just useless. So I do believe yep. that, you know, these things have to you know, be brought into brought into line as well to make sure that people are getting what they're getting and that you know, the expectations of what the ingredients are and do and how they work are real and, that, yep. and also that the ingredients are actually of high quality. Now, I, I completely agree with that. And um, I think that it's a dangerous game that, that people are playing. Uh, the whole focus of the show is about transformational moments that happen to us and change our lives and put us on the path to what we're doing today. And I kind of read through kind of one and in 2013, you were creating a marketing course and just fell in love with it. So would that be your transformational moment or is there a different one that transformed your life and put you on the path to what you're doing today? I'd say, um, to be honest, the trans- there were there were two major events leading up to 2013. That in uh, 2004, 2000 actually it would have been prior to probably 2003. So this goes back to when I was still working in IT as a software design engineer, and I designed a software program that managed the engineering department of big hotels. I mean, like, like the big fellas, like Hilton, Sheraton, Four Seasons, that sort of stuff. And, you know, like, no, this is this sort of stuff where not only did it sort of uh, manage the, the, the scheduled maintenance for plant and equipment, but also that, you know, when the maid service goes to a room and there's a light bulb out, they can pick up a telephone, they can type in a code like four, five, six, and a message will come down to engineering saying replace, you know, replace bulb and room, whatever. Um, and then obviously, uh, with reporting throughout all the, all the different departments of the hotel, so the front office manager knows that know that the work what what status that work is at, and also flags come up saying that if that bulb keeps on blowing every five minutes, then obviously it's not a no, they've got to sort of investigate the wiring, all sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. it, it was quite a complex um, piece of piece of software, and over like within a couple of years, it actually became the benchmark piece of software for the hotel industry, and to get that out. And about, I, I, I partnered with the largest software company, the software house for hospitality software in the world. And even though I maintained ownership of the software, we, we rebranded it to put their to put their uh, their logo and stuff on the front of the of the software, just to make it look as if it was part of the family, part of the suite. We also had to we also had to re rewrite a lot of the code because this was an international company. The software had to be translated into numerous languages and, and installed all around the world. So we had to we had to make it so that all the all the all the on screen prompts were stored in a database and so that when they pull up a screen, depending on the language of the user, those prompts would come up. I even had to go to Beijing and uh, and and have it so that it would, it would switch between Mandarin and English because the management were were expats and the worker bees were were locals. So it was it, it was a big deal. And uh, one day I got a so after all this all this hard work, um, it cost a lot. Like like the actual contract costs eighteen thousand dollars, and that was back. Wow. And we're, we're talking back in um, goodness gracious twenty five. 
20, around 25 years ago, um, and I had to pay half of that. That was that was that was the international uh, dis, you know, distributing and, and and support contract. So anyway, um, after a period of time, after all that work, I even had to get another programmer in to to, to get the workload done by deadline. And it was out there. It, it, you know, it, it had been translated into numerous languages, you know, like uh, like Spanish and German and French and Russian and, and and installed around the world. And I got a phone call one day from the account from somebody in, in the accounts department saying, "Congratulations, Tim, you're a millionaire." Uh, Hilton International and a few other like these big chains have just just signed uh, corporate agreements. And, and basically, what happens in a corporate agreement is, is they've actually got to pay. A high percentage of that of that money up front to to lock in the the cheaper price, and my cut of that was you know, was over seven figures. Wow! And he said, "No, you'll be you'll be you'll be getting you'll be getting a, a fax to um, with all the details." So anyway, I go upstairs and I tell my wife at the time and and that sort of stuff, and because we weren't we weren't doing too bad. Like, but at the, at that time they were they had me on a on a retainer, so they had me on a six figure. Retainer, and this is this, this is going back to the to the late nineties. Um, so that wasn't a, that, that wasn't bad money. And then what they what they did is that that every six months they they actually top up my commission. So I, I, I was on a set commission amount. They pay me a monthly retainer, and then every six months they would they would top up um, based on uh, the commission that was actually earned. So we were on, we were on good we were on good money. Like we had a brand new car in the driveway. We were living in a four story house on the side of a hill where you know, we had koalas in the trees and, and, and we could see from miles north and south overlook the ocean absolutely beautiful we we also had a house up in up in brisbane that we were that we were renting out so we were living a pretty good a pretty good life good so you know, I, I went upstairs and i i i, I told my wife that you no know, we'd you know, we'd finally made it that the contracts were signed and then um, nothing happened, and so I, I rang the guy back and I said, "Hey, listen, mate, we haven't I haven't received that that fax yet." And he goes, "Oh, look, I'm so sorry, Tim. I, I I took the fax in for the financial controller to sign, and he told me not to tell you anything about it." And so that that ultimately um, started a a three year corporate battle because they basically stole the software, and uh, they never they never disputed the fact that the software belonged to me. It's just the, the fact that they were a big multinational company and uh, you know, they just decided that they weren't going to pay me. And, and that's, that's just what they did with wow. all their, their, their third-party vendors. And it's, and it's a big name. And I, like I've signed, I've had to sign non-disclosure stuff, so I can't actually name, name the company, but I can guarantee you that if you go into, it, it, if you go into any sort of restaurant um, in in, in in the US, like I mean, a decent sized restaurant, their software will be running. And if you go to to big big hotels, like the big four and five star yep. hotels, but the, like my software is running in there, so it, it's 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 a big deal. But I, I can't, as I said, I can't. Um, right. I so did you ever end up getting paid? No. Well, basically, I threatened them, and 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 I was like, um, I was like a thorn. I was like I was a thorn in the foot, and they ended up um, telling me to go away, and, and they gave me something like seventy seventy thousand US dollars just to go away. Um, and at that stage, I had to take it because they killed they killed my they killed my income. I'd, I'd lost my car. By that stage, I lost my wife. You know, all of a sudden, she didn't love me as much when 
when the money wasn't in the bank. Um, so wow. it, it had it had it had a it had a major um, and I and I think it's really funny. I actually did a, a Facebook live about twelve months about and I hadn't I hadn't spoken about it for for so long. And I thought, oh look, I'll use this as as an analogy for something else. And uh, I started to talk about it, and I, and I sort of realised how how raw it, like certain parts of it still were, and how even though I thought I had got over it, I really hadn't. And so that was a big thing for me to, to come to realize is that even though it wasn't the first thing on my mind, even though I, I, I thought I'd moved on, it was still having a major impact. So, 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 that, was, so that was one thing that, that really changed my trajectory or trajectory um, because then what happened is I went and worked for the, because I was never, I was never short of work. I, I, was, being, I was being approached and, and, and had offers coming at me almost every day from other software houses. So, now, within within a week of that happening, I was then working for the second largest software house in the world, and I was I was writing software in competition to my own, and I did it for about seven <sighs> years, and that was soul destroying. So, so during that time, <laughs> so so then in um, so then in two thousand and four, mid two thousand and four, my son, my nine year old my nine year old son got cancer, um, oh. and so. So that everything was, and you think, man, you know, like if if the if if those guys in the states hadn't had ripped me off, I would have been in like we we could have not 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 that it's easy to go through at any time, but you know, like I've just been I've, I've just lost my income. Um, you know, I'm I'm in in this sort of no man's land, and now you know my you know, my child, who I'm very very close, to, like even from the time he was born, we had a very very close bond. Is now is now ill and, and he, he got he got um, diagnosed four days before his his ninth birthday. So wow. we got so we got through that. He he went he went through uh, through seven months of really intense chemo. I was doing a little bit of consulting work just to keep you know so so money was flowing in and I was probably fortunate enough just to be in that situation where I could I could work by his bedside. Um, and then yeah, so then sort of life went on. I was working. Uh, for this other company and that sort of stuff, and then he got uh, he got cancer again just before his 16th birthday, and we got through that one as well. So now he's he's 24, he's he's vibrant, he's he's the life of the party, he's going really well. But you know, I think those <clears throat> those things. But during that time, that's when I was doing a lot of work in elite sport, and and also that's. Just, through that transitional period, and I think one, I always had a love for natural medicine and that sort of stuff. But when you see your kid being pumped full of full of toxic chemicals and, and losing his hair and, and bloating up yep. because of all the steroids and that sort of stuff, it's scary and it's heartbreaking. And and not that I, I didn't turn to to natural remedies and, and natural medicine to cure cancer. I turned to to those to those resources to. To, to boost up his immune system and to give him a fighting chance because you know like most people who who, who pass through cancer it's not the cancer that kills them it's you no know, it's the side effects it's right. the fact that you no know, their, their immune system has been destroyed and that right. sort of stuff so yep. so that's so that's where my real love and passion for for um, the natural medicine came from even even though I had studied it before he before he got ill the first time and the other thing too is that in Australia I don't know whether it's the same in the states but I know it's definitely the same in Australia and New Zealand is that if they're if they're minors, so if they're under sixteen years of age, they have to go through chemotherapy. You've got you've got no choice. Oh, and as geez. a parent, if you go 
if you go, no, I don't want my kid to go through chemotherapy, they will take the child from you and, 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 make, and make the child a ward of a state and, and, and the child will still get the chemo. So it's, it's basically forced. Wow. Now, Even if the child's you know, like, I don't want it? If the child says they don't want it? Correct. Oh, and, my gosh. The, That's insane. Until the age of 16. So basically it's, in, it's enforced, right? Um, but my boy's still with me. And That's like, crazy. When he was nine, I just, I, you know, to see him get to 21 would have been a miracle. And now he's 24 and he's, and, and he's fit in health and he plays Aussie rules football and everything else. So I'm truly blessed. And I don't you know, I'm looking back saying, what would I have done it differently? I don't know. I didn't have a choice, right? We, no, we didn't have a choice to do it any differently. But um, you know, we, we have seen, we have seen um, families being chased down by police uh, because they, you know, because the child was so sick and the child said, I don't want to have any more. And so that, so that the families have taken the, uh, taken the child from hospital and the police have been, been called and actually chased them down like common criminals, um, which isn't a great thing. Very, very, like the whole, the whole situation is scary enough and upsetting enough as it is without you know, law enforcement coming in. So if that's the transitional side of it was, um, Utilizing these 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 natural things like essential oils and herbs, and using nutrition as medicine to to support my son during this time and to ensure that uh, his immune system was as as solid as as possible. And I've got many many. We don't have time on this on this interview to talk about um, the proof because like even the even the medical fraternity was surprised that. He actually had a porter cath inserted. He was having weekly chemo. Like the second time around, he was having weekly chemo. He had a porter cath uh, in, in, in installed for the no, so he had the chemo. And normally with porter caths, um, they get infected all the time because they're a, a foreign object un, underneath the skin. And he had that porter cath in for two years. He never got an infection. And the wow. and the and the, and the medical attorney were just absolutely amazed. And that was because of the essential oils and everything else that I was actually using was keeping all those, all those bugs and sort of stuff under control because his own immune system couldn't. So, so there's so many, so many things there, but, 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 but if you talk about a transition into what I'm doing now is that's where I sort of always had an interest in natural health, but that's where that transition came through. And then I want to see, I said, I, I want, I want to see natural health. I, I, I want to see prevention become the norm. Well, at the moment, we are so reactive when it comes to health. And, and, and you're right. Now you, now you talk about you know, people's, people's lifestyle choices and they just go out there and they just smash themselves because they know they can just take a pill and feel better. And it's like a smoker doesn't really, a smoker knows that it's, it's probably not the best thing for their health to do, but they don't really care and they'll still do it because they're, they're addicted. And look, I'm not, I'm not once again having a having a go at smokers. I used to be a smoker myself. I gave up ten years ago, and that and that was a struggle. So I, and, mm-hmm. and and an addiction is an addiction. Like like whether it be maybe food, alcohol, cigarettes, or drugs, it 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 still works around that same part of the body. It's, it, it's an addiction. So you can't take these things lightly. But the point is that it's not a big deal to them until they get ill. And I know I know many I know many smokers. Who go? Well, no, it's all right. No, by no, by the time I get cancer, there'll be a cure for it. I'm thinking, wow, that's not really, huh. uh, not really, 
No, not really. So yeah, so I suppose that was my that was those, those transitional moments were so so what got me out of computers, which which I still which I still love, but what what got me out of you know working as a as a as a software engineer and and, and developer and into the natural health side was being ripped off for over a million dollars. What 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 and what sort of really got me to cement myself into the natural health realm was my son um, getting ill, and then of course coming out of working in elite sport and work and being surrounded by amazing physio like like amazing people like the best in the business like physiotherapists doctors and that sort of stuff and working beside them and learning these amazing skills so that when I came when I left elite sport at the end of 2013 mm-hmm. well I left full-time elite sport I, I still worked occasionally for the PGA so the PGA in Australia whenever the PGA came to the Gold Coast I was the massage therapist for for the event and I did that up until 2017, when I when I finally retired from you know, from hands-on massage. I, I just became an educator. Um, oh wow! But then I sort of ca- I, I came out into into the, into the world with these amazing skills, and um, I couldn't I couldn't survive. I was I was broke. I, I, I couldn't understand. You no, know, I knew because when you work in elite sport. Now, your clientele turn up every day for training, okay? Like, you're, like you're looking after a team. I, I was looking after after 50 elite athletes. So they were, they were there. So coming out and then going into business, it's like even though, I, even though I, had, I worked in business, I was a business analyst and that sort of stuff, I was missing a key element to, to that, and that was the marketing. And I was, I was blaming, um, like, the, like the clinic I was working out of, wasn't very well located. There was no drive-by traffic. There wasn't even any walk-by traffic. It was hidden underneath a building. Uh, there were lots mm-hmm. of discount places up the road. The, the economy was rubbish. So I had, I had, if I wanted to make myself better, I had no limit of the number of excuses I could make as to why I was failing. Um, and so, but I'd always been an educator. So I said, I'm going to start to create online courses. Oh so yeah. I was, I was, but then I thought, well, if I create online courses and nobody knows that they exist, they're just going to sit in a dusty corner of the internet. So that's when I did my first marketing course. And then all of a sudden, as if by magic, my massage business started to take off. And within 90 days, I was fully booked and going, what's happening here? And it, and it wasn't the fact that, you know, the, the, the clinic was badly located. There's no drive-through or, or, or walk-past traffic. It wasn't the fact of the... No, the, like the discount places were still on the road. Like the economy was still a mess. Nothing, none of those external factors had changed. Mm-hmm. The only thing that had changed was what was between my ears and my outlook and my mindset. Right. Right. Huh. And so that's when I really, really sort of fell in love with the marketing and what made people, what no, what, what made people think as far as their purchasing choices and that sort of stuff. Oh, I like that. Okay. Uh, so in, in the couple of minutes that, that we have remaining, what I want to do is I want you to talk about that link, uh, timcooper.com.au forward slash clarity. Uh, we've got about five minutes left of the show. If you have any questions, call us up 657-383-1109. Ask Tim and I a question uh, about something that we've you know talked about today or one of the struggles that you have. My team is standing by to field those calls. Uh, so talk about the link, Tim. TimCooper.com.au forward slash clarity. 
Okay, Sean. Look, the, the biggest thing that, that, I, that I've come across through, through putting together the, the Global Wellness Professionals Marketing Summit and also coaching people is that everybody wants more clients or more, or more customers, you know, whatever terminology you want to talk about your consumer. Um, and what I find is that you know, I'll, I'll, start, I'll start a session, I'll ask a few questions, go, yes, I've done that, yes, I've done that, tick, 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 tick. I get about 10, 15 minutes into the, into the call and I turn and go, look, honestly, I don't know who my, who my customer is just based on the conversation. And this is something that it's not new. Um, we talk about avatar, but we, we talk about other things. So basically what, what, what that link is, it's a link to um, some worksheets called the Business Clarity Worksheets. And there's also a 44-minute walkthrough video explanation that goes with it. And uh, so what this does is it, it makes you sit down and, and only think about your avatar because if you don't, you, you can't build an avatar until you know who you're serving. So, so it goes through, it makes you do a bit of self-analysis. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What do you really love to do? What do you really want to bring to the market? And I encourage people to go out and talk to friends and family to find it because sometimes we can't see what our strengths are because it just comes naturally like they're, they're our natural talents. We can't see our weaknesses. Sometimes we're, we're, we're blinded by things because we're so, so focused. And sometimes it's those, those weaknesses. Some, sometimes it's the things we shouldn't be doing that are getting away that's our, that are our major obstacles. So, so we go through this process and we, and we try to identify what is, what, you know, what, what is your, your love, your, you know, what, what gets your heart pounding, what is your passion? And then we talk about what sort of person do you want to work with? So we talk about your, your customer because you know, not, not everybody out there is a perfect customer. I know when I was reading Russell Brunson's book, uh, com Secrets, very early on he says he woke up one morning and he discovered he hated his, his clients. Like he, he, he developed all these, you know, this bunch of clients that he didn't like to work with. And so you've got to identify the, you know, the, the traits and the attributes of the people you want to work with because if you're going to get a result for people, they've got to do their bit too. Um, a, a lot, of, a lot of people sort of put the emphasis on you to to solve their problems, and that is just a horrible. Oh, yeah. You just you you don't want to go there, right? So, so so identify the attributes of the people that you want to work with. Identify the attributes of people you don't want to work with, right? And then based on that, you can work out what you're bringing to market, and then you create your your avatar. But that's all that's all put in into that that uh, that sheet. So, so it's only four four worksheets, but if you take the time, like, like people say, yes, I know, I've heard all that before, and I go, that's great. And what have you done with it? Because these are these these are foundations. Because if you don't if you don't know who you are, what you want to do, and who you, who you're going to do it for, nothing else works. Like you can't you can't you can't bring it a, a product to market or a service to market. You can't market like you you can't send a message out there if you don't know who you're talking to. So 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 your messages. Your marketing won't well, resonate. What your message so, even is? Can I have a message first? Correct. And so, and so yeah. that's so that's what the, that, that's that's what these worksheets are all about. It's, it's about getting that that strong foundation and moving forward with clarity. So you know, yeah. this is Love it. what I'm doing. This is who I'm doing it for. This is my ideal avatar. This is my message. Yep. And and take it forward. Very cool. Um, in the remaining 30 seconds, what is the one takeaway? If the listeners don't listen to anything else that we've talked about, what is the one thing that you want them to know and understand? That strategy is only 5% to success. 
and the other 95% is mindset. So you can have the best strategy in the world, but if you're getting in your own way, if you don't believe in yourself, you're not going to get anywhere. And you've got to believe that you are part of the greater intelligence and you have everything that you need to succeed already inside you. You just got to open up, believe and, and, and listen and, and ask for inner guidance. But go through, do the work, get the strategies in place, but also believe that you've got to have a, have a very, very positive mindset to, to, to succeed. Love it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tim, for coming on the show. It was absolutely amazing. I learned a ton. Great conversation. And uh, I wish you the best in 2020, my friend. Thanks, Sean. It's an absolute pleasure. I, I appreciate the time. I, and I always love chatting with you. And I also wish you and your listeners a, an amazing 2020 and beyond. We, it's not only a new year. It's a new decade. So let's really do something special really is it's a new decade and with and with that i want to thank the listeners for joining us on this amazing uh inspirational episode of life transformation radio where conversations transform and with that i close the show by saying live your brand find opportunities every day to live out the core values that you hold deep in your heart and i call this living your brand so until next episode live a great life